Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's the Calgary Stampeders at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and Bo Levi Mitchell is not starting for Calgary. It's the first time that he's in his career, I think, that he's been healthy and is not starting for Calgary. Big story there. You know, this isn't, you know, a fly-by-night decision. This isn't something you just make on a whim just to try something new. This is a big, right. big decision. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Flame Tech Football Friday. Hey, what a day. What a day. What a day. What a day to uh, de- not debut, but use my Stan Peters bell. Holy smokes. It's a Football Friday. We do have our hockey talk that we're going to mix in, but oh, I'm going to tell you, this is just going to be so much fun. We've got uh, a Dolphins home game weekend, as you can see. I'm wearing my Dolphins gear. Feels good to have it out of the bag. And let's bring uh, in the moose, Darren DuPont. He is in the heartland of the Canadian Football League. And I'm going to tell you, coming up on the program today, our NFL, the best NFL analyst going, period. Canada, America, Tory Gurley. I'm, I just love him so much. He'll be with us from South Carolina. And Alain Poupart, Sports Illustrated Miami Dolphins writer, as the Dolphins get ready to host the Philadelphia Eagles on Saturday night. Can I tell you something, Moose? Those are the guests. You asked me before we went to air how hot it is here in South Florida. And just to give you an idea, I tweeted the poll, and I mistweeted it. And thank you, Clark, for pointing that out. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, what's the likeliest landing spot for Bo Levi Mitchell? And I tweeted the options, B.C., Saskatchewan, and I meant to type XFL, but my hands are all sweaty and they slipped off and I typed (laughs) CFL or other. So the options are BC, Sask, XFL, or other. And on the radio yesterday, uh, everybody loves that feature that we do. What are they talking about today on Miami Sports Radio? If we can bring the moose back in. And here was the weather report yesterday. It's hot, guys. It's hot. It's been hot for months. And tonight it's going to be hot again in the low 80s. So take care out there. (laughs) The weather brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. So anyways, there's my opening preamble. How are you? Not that hot, actually. It's pretty comfortable. I mean, the evening last night was gorgeous. Uh, went out and spent it outside, about 25 degrees in the evening. So uh, it's been awesome. No complaints here. At least it's not uh, not complaining. Degrees. Not complaining here either, um, but having just a heck of a great time as we get ready for a big NFL game this weekend. All right, can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> And let's get into this because it is a football Friday. And as you know, we made the decision this week we're going to talk on a daily basis this fall, CFL, NFL, and NHL. We got them all for you here in the quick six. But number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers made their return to the win column with a 31-29 win over the Calgary Stampeders on Thursday night. Football, Winnipeg also made history being the first CFL team to win 400 home games. I'm going to be honest. 
that surprises me a little bit. Bravo Winnipeg, simply based on the fact that the Toronto Argonauts have been around for like 130 years. How have they not won 400 home games first? Maybe they addressed it on the broadcast. I don't know. I actually had the sound down watching it last night. Zach Caleros threw for two touchdowns in the victory. Jake Meyer threw for 294 for the Stampeders, three touchdowns and zero interceptions. So I'm going to get to the, the obvious discussion here is, did Jake Mayer do enough to earn a start next week for the Calgary Stampeders? And while I thought he did, and I watched the game, and what a great game it was, Darren, let me just say this. I um, called around and I talked to some of my football people, my analysts, my round table. And one of these coaches in the state said to me, uh, Rod, did you see the quarterback efficiency rating for Jake Meyer? And I said, as a matter of fact, I didn't. He said he was like 150. He goes, I'm not sure I've ever seen a quarterback rating that high. So while the Stamps didn't win, Jake Mayer played great. So what did they expect out of their starting quarterback? So Jake Mayer is clearly the future of the Calgary Stampeders, but is the future here now? And how long do we await? before a trade's made for Bo Levi Mitchell. So that's one initial take on the game last night. What's yours? Yeah, it's a it's a big conversation um, point this morning. You know, as everybody's having their morning coffee or into the afternoon out east is, is Jake Mayer in the Calgary quarterback situation. And he was great. You know, he played, you know, at the three touchdown passes. He had uh, the great efficiency rating, almost 300 yards. So he did enough. Now, they didn't win. But I think he did enough to at least earn another start. Yeah, absolutely. And that would have been a good poll question, too. Interestingly enough, let's hear from the people in the chat. Because our op- the, 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 the poll results that I saw in the early going here, again, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, is what's the likeliest landing spot for Bo Levi Mitchell? Apparently, we're moving on from Bo in Calgary. Those days are over. Sask, BC, XFL or other. And leading the way early on was other. And I'm like, where else would he go? I want to say I am clearly not going to name my roundtable of football gods, but they are football gods. None of them, I don't think, are in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, but every single one of them should be. And they're almost entirely in America. And uh, I said, I don't want, because they would stop talking to me if I outed who they were. But you like my imitations of them. So I'm just going to tell people, here's one imitation from just this morning. And I worked with all these guys. Uh, almost, Yeah, all of them. Yeah, that's how I know them, I guess. Um, no, no, I haven't worked with all of them. Just a mutual respect for years in the league. And this guy is like, Rod, I barely knew him. And we had a small staff, and I don't even remember meeting him. <laughs> it was something like, well, uh, and you know who we were, who that was, and you know who yeah. we were talking about. And I could sit there and just put these guys on spook, speakerphone and just listen to them talk. You know, and that could I be knew. two hours of sports talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> I know me imitating these guys. You never know. Oh, my God, I love it. I love these guys. And the thing is, here's the reason. I'm not (laughs) – one thing I know as a certified recovery coach, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. So while I think I got a pretty good handle on hockey, I I could use some help in the football analysis and that that nugget right there from that one coach, Jake Mayer's Efficiency rating was 150. Rod, I never seen one that high. So yeah, 
Jake Mayer probably going to start next week for the Calgary Stampeders, even though he didn't win. Uh, moving on to point two, the National Football League. The Chiefs and Packers rested most of their starters in their preseason finale Thursday night, which Kansas City won 17-10. Jordan Love threw for 148 yards with an interception in his final work before Aaron Rodgers takes over for Green Bay in the regular season. In Houston, Davis Mills threw a touchdown pass to Chris Moore to help the Texans beat the San Francisco 49ers 17-0 Thursday night. And the biggest news out of the NFL came out of Cincinnati where the Bengals and Rams ended their joint practice session early after a chippy day that ended with Rams star Aaron Donald repeatedly swinging his helmet at Bengals players before getting thrown to the ground. Players threw fists and helmets during scuffles leading up to a final free-for-all with Donald getting thrown to the ground as mentioned. Bengals coach Zach Taylor downplayed the event saying, quote, emotions run high. The Bengals and Rams, who played in the Super Bowl last year, face each other in the final preseason game Saturday night in Cincy. My take, because it is the Rod Peterson show, what do you think's going to happen with joint practices? They do these because they don't want to bang each other for a month, so they bring in opposition. Intentions are going to run high. It's a violent game played by violent people, and that's why I think Zach Taylor is saying this is, he's a coach of the Bengals, obviously, former Winnipeg quarterback, saying this is going to happen. Um, but again, you coached football, Moose. Uh, if you were coaching one of these teams, how would you feel? Well, for sure. The Dolphins just had a joint practice, and I can't remember who it was with, but one of their Eagles. offense with the Eagles. Thank you. One of the offensive linemen, the young offensive lineman, was saying that some of the Eagles defenders were giving him pointers on how to do this and how to do that. And, and you know, it's good to get that feedback from the opposition. So there's a healthy respect. But you've got two teams who just played in the great in the biggest game of the year in the Super Bowl now having a joint practice. And one team's got a little chip on their shoulder because they lost. All it takes is one little comment, a joke or not, to set the whole thing off. And, you know, you are. You're playing with fire when you have the joint practices. I like them. The teams still like to do them. But you are playing with fire, and you get that emotion running pretty high. What did they think was going to happen? Um, so over the last couple of years, they've moved to joint practices. And this happens in one city almost every year. I remember the Cowboys a couple of years ago had it happen in Oxnard. I can't remember who their opposition was. Somebody will remember. It's just it's football. And while nobody in football gets that worked up about it, it's been running ad nauseum on all the sports networks in America. Ooh, even the news networks. A brawl breaks up between the Bengals and Rams. Well, yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Anyways, I'm moving on other than to open the 902 text line. And Stephen writing from North Dakota, Lansford, North Dakota. He says, greetings. It's finally Friday, sung in George Jones' voice. He goes, 19 degrees Celsius and sunny in Lansford, North Dakota. Is the CFL adrift even more with the NFL beginning? I don't know. I don't know. One thing that I have received is a lot of feedback from people saying, Rod, I'm so glad you're going to talk more CFL. And what we've said in our internal meetings is we're getting messages from CFL fans in obviously Canadian CFL markets, but also American viewers saying we love the CFL coverage. Give us more. And as we've decided, what do you do when people ask you for something? You give it to them as much as you can. So the CFL will do what it does. We'll do what we do. 
a lot more CFL coverage. Hey, bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at playdarkhorse.com, available for Android and Apple devices. I will say this. If I listened to their advice, I might actually make money. But no. Rod's got to go against the grain. Rod doesn't win in his betting. That's why I largely don't bet. We talk... CF, uh, sorry, NHL every day. We have made that promise to you and to ourselves. This email came from NHL.com today, and they're profiling the New York Islanders, and I have some thoughts on that. Why would we limit ourselves to one league when we have friends in all of them and inside information? The New York Islanders acquired a top-five defenseman in Alexander Romanov, a 22-year-old, from the Montreal Canadiens back on July 7th for the number 13 pick in this year's NHL draft, like from last month. Romanov, emerging defenseman Noah Dobson, and forward Kiefer Bellows all signed new contracts with the Islanders on August 22nd. Center Brock Nelson is back after scoring a career-high 37 goals. Captain Anders Lee scored 28 goals in 76 games after he had ACL surgery in March of 2021, if you recall. And here's one for you, Darren. The Islanders tied with the Sabres for 22nd in the NHL for goals scored last year. They struggled on offense at 2.79 goals per game. But defensively, they were second best in the NHL in goals against. Second only to the Boston Bruins at 2.56. So, a big reason for that is the goaltending tandem of Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov. Five solid defensemen all under the age of 29. And the aforementioned moves at forward will put the Islanders, they hope, back into the playoffs for the, uh, after missing for the first time since 2018. So, <clears throat> they got a new coach, too, let's not forget, in Lane Lambert, right? They inexplicably fired Barry Trotz after they missed the playoffs this year. Good question. Would make a good poll for the hockey fans out there. Informal poll. Do the Islanders make the playoffs? And you would think in that metropolitan division that they're in where every team that made the playoffs had 100 points or more, <laughs> which I think was for the first time ever, who is going to fall that would allow the Islanders to get in? But let's not forget, they were in the conference final the year before and then tumbled right out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the interesting th- so somebody might. It could happen. And the interesting thing, I talked to Jordan Eberle at that golf tournament this summer. You were there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Rotary Classic, for having us there at Bears Paw. Jordan Eberle was there. Known him since he was 15, Ebbs. We talked about him going to Seattle. And he goes, he goes, I love Seattle. I wish we won a little more. He goes, but having the Islanders miss the playoffs this year made it a little easier to swallow. And that, that is so quintessential Eberly. He's not taking a shot at the Islanders. You know, he's just classy in every regard. But when they left him exposed in the expansion draft, we're like, what do you, what do you, who wouldn't want Jordan Eberly or to give him away for nothing, which is what the Islanders did. But here's Ebbs going, uh, he wasn't laughing or going, nah, 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 boo, boo, at all, which I would have. But he's like, uh, I love Seattle, it's great. And it just made it easier to go there because the Islanders missed the playoffs too. So do yeah. they come back this year into the postseason, Moose? They'll need to find some scoring. That's the biggest thing. And some support, 
you know, for Nielsen and but for Matthew Barzell, for him to find that that magic again and continue his trajectory. I'm in the back end. I'm a big fan of Noah Dobson's real big fan of his. Yeah, so I think they're, you know, set up to be really good defensively. And that's what we knew under when Barry Trotz was coaching that team. They were great defensively and they won a lot of low scoring games, but they're going to have to find a way to generate some goals. They may need to add to their top six at some point. But if they can, they can be a pretty, pretty good team moving forward. So. I could see them getting back, but it'll all depend on the message that Lambert is, is sending behind the bench. That'll be interesting. Well, listen, I've known Lane Lambert, or as his friends called him, Vane Lambert, since he played in the Western Hockey League. He's from Swift Current. He played for the Blades. The photo of him at NHL.com, or the photo of the Islanders bench, I don't think is Lane Lambert. That's how little, I guess, is known about Lane from anybody outside hockey people. But you're right. He... He is the X factor, yeah. and not who am I to criticize Lou Lamorello. But it's so hard to score in the National Hockey League specifically. How do you let a guy like Jordan Eberle, a natural goal scorer, go? But whatever. They miss the playoffs, and uh, like you say, they need to find offense. When we come back, we'll, oh, we'll move into <laughs> the, the bottom three show topics people are writing in and they already they're they're peeking they're reading my diary moose they know what's coming babcock blue jays riders lions it's all ahead we'll be right back this is the warm-up on the way tory Gurley and elaine poopart nfl analysts it's a football friday on the rp show you're watching on game plus tv youtube live of course and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues on this Friday. And hey, in theaters now, Beast. Idris Elba stars in a pulse-pounding new thriller about a father and his two teenage daughters who find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the savannah has but one apex predator. Check it out this weekend, Beast. And hey, you could be going to Landmark Cinemas right now with the RP Show text MOVIES to 902-518-3033 to be entered to win tickets and treats to Landmark Cinemas. We'll be awarding them today. Winners picked every week to go to the movies. I will be going to Bullet Train uh, this weekend, Moose, and probably pushing off Beast until next week as we welcome him into the program. Uh, which one sounds more interesting to you, Beast or Bullet Train? At yeah, it's, it's, it's Bullet Train, but Beast does look pretty good. They're on the, the, the savannah there with the lion and everything else. It does look pretty intense, but Bullet Train for me will be my pick. Moving on to point four in our quick six show topics. And by the way, we've covered last night's Winnipeg win over Calgary, NFL preseason games, and we've previewed the New York Islanders season. Point four, the Toronto Blue Jays squeezed out a 6-5 win in the 10th inning to complete a series sweep over the Boston Red Sox Thursday. Automatic runner Kevin Biggio took third on a ground out and then rushed home on George Springer's grounder to short. Danny Jansen had three hits, including a home run for the Blue Jays. They have won seven of their last eight. Hey, hey, what do you say? What do we think about the automatic runner on second base in extra innings? We think it's great because the Blue Jays have won two games because of it this week. (laughs) Had they lost for that reason, oh, that sucks. Get rid of that rule. Isn't the, am I doing it right? 
Yeah, bang on. Like, that's exactly how it goes. Okay, thank you. Uh, so not ranting today, but if I were, it would be for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Uh, we'll get to the Babcock stuff in a moment. we got a lot of time left in this segment. And then Elaine Poupart coming up later on, Dolphins writer for Sports Illustrated. But our fifth point is the CFL tonight. i got a couple thoughts on them. It's the 3-7 and seven Hamilton Tiger Cats at the 4-5 and five Toronto Argonauts in the first game of a doubleheader. And then later on tonight, it's the BC Lions. I love saying it that way. Home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Can the Ticats fans tell me why Dane Evans is starting tonight, if in fact he has? Because I'm reading the game, or if he is, because I'm reading the game notes. Matthew Schiltz, Schiltz Creek is coming off his best performance of his career last week for Hamilton at Montreal. And yeah, they lost by a point, but why is he not starting again? Can somebody answer that for me? Maybe there's a good enough reason. I don't know, but let's move on to the game because we are Western Canadian-based, at least produced the RP show at IKS Media in the sweatpants capital at Saskatoon, BC. Darren, agree or disagree? This is not... A must-win game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but it is a must-win game for Cody Fajardo because if he falters tonight and doesn't play well, I'm not sure he'll start another game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's, you know, pretty accurate. It isn't a, it's not a must-win game. They're a 500 football team. I mean, they've got some room here to make some mistakes down the stretch and still be a playoff team. All you need to do in Saskatchewan is get this thing right by the time you get to the playoffs, you got to do enough to get in and you got to be right mm-hmm. on your way in because then all you got to do is win a couple of games and you're in the Grey Cup, right? At home. So that's A. B is there's a lot of pressure you're right on, on Cody in this game. And, you know, we know he's got the ability, we know he's been able to have a lot of success. But I, I think I'm with you. If he doesn't play well, and I don't think he has to win. I really don't. But I think he has to play well. He has to have good numbers. He has to protect the football. He has to show some efficiency. If he doesn't, and God forbid he gets pulled at some point in this football game, I'm with you. I think they might turn the keys over to, uh, to the guys behind him. So let's spend some time on this. It's our highest viewership of the day yet. And for those that tune in a little earlier... We covered the Calgary-Winnipeg game off the start, and Jake Mayer maybe didn't have to win for Calgary, but he needed to play well, and he had a 150 rating, quarterback efficiency rating, right around there. And for Cody tonight, does he need to play well but still lose? He needs to do whatever it takes to win for himself. And back to the bow, our, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, what's a likely landing spot for Bo Levi Mitchell, BC, Saskatchewan, the XFL, or other? And Clark, do you have a sample size? What, what are they saying now? What are they saying? Still leading the way as other. Can you people, can you people tell me where other is? Because I have no idea where he would go other than Saskatchewan, B.C. or the XFL and his hometown Houston Roughnecks. I have no idea. But it looks like the Stampeders are prepared to move on and then it's Jake Mayer's team. Now, somebody wrote in here, I think it's Tacona in Winnipeg, and he says Dane Evans is starting because they're paying him more dough. <clears throat> wakey, wakey. 
Wake up and smell the coffee. If that was the case, Bo Levi'd be playing for Calgary. Or Cody Fajardo wouldn't have been benched last week because he's getting more money. Maybe that's why he's starting this week. But the odds makers have the BC Lions and Michael O'Connor, who's making his first career start, the favorite tonight by four against Cody Fajardo, who's getting, what, Kyran Moore back? Um, getting some guys back. They still don't think the Rough Riders will win at BC tonight. So... And with those coaches that I talked to this morning, they were more intent on talking about the Calgary situation than the Sask thing. Um, Cody, that discussion was more yesterday. They all feel it's mental with Cody. They all feel it. And it's in my commentary today. I would love to pair Cody up with a mental coach. I've offered my friends that are mental strength coaches to the Rough Riders. They weren't interested. But do you not agree, Darren, as the football guy, that Cody Fajardo in 2019, with the benefit of a much better O-line and a different offensive coordinator, he was the MVP of the division. He's capable of greatness. But we're not seeing it right now. They feel it's all mental. Do you? I, I think it's part mental. And, you know, here's the thing. Situation plays into so much. And sometimes it's just a compatibility thing, you know. And you talked about a different offensive coordinator. It could be that Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss just aren't on the same page that, you know, the offense that Jason Moss has had success with and wants to implement in Saskatchewan just doesn't fit Cody Fajardo or they don't read it the same way or they're just off. And sometimes when it's off, it's just off and it can't be fixed. And, you know, Cody still has opportunities to, to be really great, but, you know, have we figured out when the CFL's trade deadline is? Because I tried to Google it, and I couldn't find it. NHL trade deadline came up at the top of the Google searches. But besides that, they're going to see what they have in Mason Fine behind Cody if they're indeed going to make a change. And then they'll go down the Vernon Adams, the Bo Levi route, the, you know, what other options might be available via trade or who might be a free agent coming in. But um, there's a lot riding on this game. Dude, I would hope. They are not going to put the fortunes of this season in the hands of Mason Fine. This is top five seasons in Saskatchewan Rough Rider history based on the fact they're hosting the Grey Cup. Doesn't happen very often. Mason Fine, who's not even a household name in his own home? Now, from what I've heard, talking with the insiders, major, major divide within the Saskatchewan Rough Riders brain trust over the immediate and long-term future of the franchise. Who's surprised? <laughs> Stress makes people do crazy things, and losing does as well. And after a 4-1 and one start, the Riders are now 1-4. and four. So they're, they're getting into desperate territory. That's what makes tonight's game so massive for Cody Fajardo specifically. Now, everybody's writing in saying... Well, here's Colin in Ottawa says Cody might want to get benched because whomever's behind that O line is more likely to end up in the hospital rather than the Grey Cup. That's why I deferred to the football people. And a lot of the guys that I talked to have coached in the NFL and the CFL. And I was watching Pittsburgh and Jacksonville the other night. Jacksonville, the worst team in the NFL. They're one of. And I understand Trevor Lawrence, their quarterback, is special. There's not a lot of them around. But he's got Henry Burris coaching him there. And Trevor Lawrence is making something out of nothing. He's moving the football. He's getting first downs with, I think, statistically the worst offensive line in football. So it can be done. That, that, what the coaches are saying, this is not about per se personnel 
or even weapons around him, they feel Cody Fajardo could be better. Could Bo Levi Mitchell be effective with the Saskatchewan offense? This is the discussion. Craze32 writes and he says, I think Calgary keeps Bo in case Jake gets bigger offers and leaves. Might not be up to Calgary. I think Jake Mayer's contract's up. Bo Levi Mitchell's contract is up. The town ain't big enough for both of them. How many times have we seen that in pro sports markets? They're, no. And I don't think Bo, as a matter of fact, I know Bo, isn't going to be anybody's bridesmaid. No. <laughs> I said it yesterday. I think Bo and I, actually, although we have been mortal enemies forever, there's now a mutual respect there. And what I, when I say that, I mean we think the same way. I'm not going to be anybody's second choice. Beat it. <laughs> what did I tell you? I'll go shovel <laughs> shit in the Calgary Stampede corrals before I go back to doing what I was doing before. And believe me, I will. Bo ain't going to be anybody's bridesmaid. And nor am I. Point six, former NHL coach Mike Babcock has stepped down as head coach of the Saskatchewan Huskies after one season with the U Sports team. Babs had joined the Huskies on a full-time volunteer basis in February of 2021 after spending 17 seasons in the NHL with Anaheim, Detroit, and Toronto. The Saskatchewan product guided the Red Wings to the Stanley Cup in 08 and Canada to men's Olympic gold in 2010 and 2014. So, caught me a little off guard. I don't know about you. It did. I talked. Nobody ever talks to Babs, even though I have his number. I talked to Babs' people. And this all kind of surprised them, too. It didn't take long before my phone was ringing <laughs> with contacts saying that Babs will be the next general manager of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Who knows? So I tweeted, wouldn't it be something if Mike Babcock became the next GM of the Wheat Kings? That is the talk out there, the rumor. What do you think, Moose? Is that a signal, Scratch? Is that a signal to stop talking about it? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, exactly. What, what's your Just thought? like when I, when I pull on my <laughs> right earlobe, it is a signal that, no. Um, look, when he started and took this job where it was two years, volunteer position to groom the next head coach, right? To get the program onto a, a different track and groom the next head coach. And, you know, Brandon Cote is that guy who's now taking over. You know, and, and we had understood, though, that, that the plan was for him to only really stay for a year and then leave. But this does feel really sudden and does not feel like it was part of the part of the plan. Um, we thought that he'd have offers in the National Hockey League after one season. Um, that hasn't happened. Um, but perhaps he's going to end up, you know, closer to an organization as an advisor with a plan to step in after the year. I'm not really sure, but uh, it'll be interesting to follow. The Brandon Wheat King thing, you know, you kind of talked to me about that this morning. And, you know, after having the conversation, it does seem like a possibility. But, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something I could see him doing right now. I think for Mike, it's probably NHL or bust because, you know, he's still making the money right in the NHL. And that's why he's not getting paid by the U of S. As one of one of Bab's closest friends said to me yesterday, he goes, could I see him going to Brandon? No, but I didn't see him going to the University of Saskatchewan Huskies either. So who knows? So that's what's up with Mike Babcock uh, in the news today, the Stanley Cup champion head coach and Olympic gold medalist. Moose, I'll see you next hour. It's uh, been fun. Appreciate you. You bet. See you then. Elaine Poupard joins us next, Sports Illustrated Dolphins writer. 
Been covering the Finns since 1989. They're home to the Eagles Saturday night. Can't wait to chat about it. It's a football Friday here on the RP Show. You're watching on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, including the Sunshine State of Florida. We're also on YouTube Live. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Football Friday continues from beautiful South Florida. We're brought to you in part by Edo Japan. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. Well, <clears throat> Alan Pupar started in Canada. He's now in South Florida. Has been for a long time. Right? Alan, pleased to chat with you, publisher of All Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. I've been reading your stuff for a long time. It's a pleasure to bring you on in the Dolphins home game week. The Eagles in town Saturday night after a week of joint practices. Welcome to the RP Show, man. How you doing? How's your Friday? Uh, pretty good so far. Thanks for having me on. How's the, well, listen, before we go into this deep Dolphins talk, you've been covering this team since 1989. I think I'm more interested in your story, how you got to Quebec to covering the Dolphins. Yeah, well, I moved with, with my, my parents here in the, uh, the early 80s, uh, went to school, studied journalism, and eventually got a job and started with Dolphin Digest in 1989. Uh, so that's when I started on a full-time basis and went through a couple of different jobs but never stopped covering the Dolphins on a full-time basis. And now this is uh, going to be my third season as the publisher of all Dolphins. Well, it's uh, obviously been quite a ride. You do a fantastic job, and I've particularly enjoyed your detailed practice. Listen, I covered the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for 20 years. I'm reading your training camp updates. I'm like, they're just like mine. This guy's grinding. It's been hot out there at Baptist Health Facility, but it looks like the Dolphins have been getting a lot of great work done. So what's the outlook here heading into Saturday night's game against the Eagles? Well, there's a lot of mystery here going on this week because um, – they had to cancel the second of the two joint practices with the Eagles Thursday because there was an, like a stomach bug going around several Dolphin players that coach Mike McDaniel said it was more than a couple of players, not quite, not half the team. So it wasn't like that dramatic, but they wanted to be extra cautious about not spreading the thing around and wanted to make sure that they'd be able to play the game Saturday night. So now having said all that, with every preseason game, particularly a finale, it's up in the air of who's going to play, who's not going to play. And now you got this added to the mix because we don't know which players were affected by it. And if somebody was affected and it's still not feeling great either today or then tomorrow heading into the game, they're obviously not going to play. As it is, you wonder, okay, how many of the frontline players are going to play? Is there really a need to? Um Tyreek Hill hasn't played so far in the preseason. Do we really need to see him in a preseason game to know he's fast? I'm going to say no. Uh, Tua Tango-Vailoa <laughs> played two series against the Raiders last Saturday. Actually had a pretty solid outing, even though those two drives produced only three points. But whenever you're talking about the quarterback positions, I mean, there are circumstances around the quarterback that affect his performance. I mean, it's not his fault that Sony Michelle was stuffed for no gain on third and second and one and third and one and the, an offensive lineman committed a false start when they were going to go on fourth down. Um, 
you know, limiting them to a field goal. So that's not on him. And then the first drive ended on the third down incompletion when tight end Mike Gesicki didn't turn around. So, um, long answer short, it's becoming a long answer. Actually, <laughs> the outlook, the outlook for tomorrow is the biggest question. Is we don't know who's going to play. I wouldn't expect a ton of the frontline players to play because the last thing you want is to somebody to like a tear an Achilles or blow blow out a knee in the preseason finale. They've done some good work in practice, and that's as valuable, if not more, than what happens in the preseason game. Um, Alan Monami, if I can read some viewer comments here, if you don't mind, uh, Jeff in Winnipeg says, "Vive les Expo." Andrew Stout says, bonjour, Alain. And that's why I said your name the way I did. I apologize prior to the break. Um, yeah, bilingual here. Uh, Expos, Randy from Winnipeg, 1994 Expos world champion. So they're paying attention to what you're wearing, Alan, uh, this morning. In my heart right there. So, when, when I hear 1994 Expos, it just it crushes me every time I hear it. Just, um, yes, uh, me no, too. Right. So, yeah, go ahead. I was going to point out that you know, you're absolutely right. That yeah, I'm I'm French Canadian. So, but I've lived here so long, and I have my first name butchered so long that I just ask people just call me Alan. So. Okay, well I will call you. I'll call you whatever you want. I appreciate you coming on the show. And I don't. We're not going to have enough time to get everything that I want. We'll have to bring you back another time. But I got to say this: Tyreek Hill. I think it was just yesterday saying great things coming from the Dolphins. And Stephen A. said this morning uh, he's just talking on behalf of the Dolphins marketing team. This team's going to be brutal this year. So what do you what do you think is the outlook for the fish in the AFC East? Yeah, no, that's a good question. They're not going to be brutal. That, uh, that's completely ridiculous. Uh, are they going to be as great as Tyreek Hill is portraying? Yeah, that's hard to believe too. But look, here's the thing is he wanted a new contract. Casey didn't want to pay him what he wanted. The Dolphins made the trade. They gave him a huge contract, I think, which includes, I believe, it's $72 million guaranteed. I'll tell you what, you give me that kind of money, I will say the most fabulous things about the Rod Peterson show. And I will do it with a <laughs> smile on my face, and everybody will believe me. So, And this is why at every, every turn, every chance he's gotten, he has pumped the tires of the team, particularly Tua, and... Because of all the, of, of the stories that came out, and th- which weren't exactly wrong, that Brian Flores was not necessarily a huge fan of Tua, a lot of this offseason and into training camp and into the regular season has been about, you know, let's build this guy's confidence. They, they got a lot of pieces around them with not only Tyree Kill, but Teron Armstead, a tackle, a lot of speed in the backfield with Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Cedric Wilson, another wide receiver. So they basically put everything in place for Tua to succeed. And another part of that was let's build up the guy's confidence. And Tyreek Hill, one of the very few, one of the very first press conferences he had talked about how confidence makes him a a better player uh, in addition to his incredible speed, which we've already mentioned, and that he wants everybody on the team to be very confident, which is why he's throwing out the hyperbole when he's talking about Tua Tungo-Vailoa being, you know, like the most accurate Plasser who's ever stepped on, you know, stepped on a football field. And it's it's over the top a little bit. And you also have to understand, I mean, you've covered football long enough. You ask a player about a teammate, I mean, what's going to come out? It's going to be roses and flowers, compliments all over the place. And you take those, you try to get nuggets of particular, you know, details, specific details of what a player might say about another teammate. A teammate saying another teammate's going to have a good year or he's good really no news flash there so uh now having said all that again i apologize if i'm being very long-winded with every question you oh, ask no no no, um, no no you're the guest 
<laughs> oh, okay. Well, the, the, the Stephen A. Smith, uh, this notion that Dolphins are going to be terrible, that's completely ridiculous. They were 9-8 and eight last year, and they have, they have much better talent on offense with all the acquisition. They have every single starter back on defense, along with Melvin Ingram, who's a veteran quality player. And the only loss, if you want to, if you want to go there, is Brian Flores himself, who was kind of the architect of that defense and whose fingerprints were all over it. Now they kept the defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, but from where I sit, it's not quite the same. And that rem- it remains to be seen whether he can have the same kind of impact in terms of scheming as Brian Flores did. Because for all for his shortcomings, and some Dolphin fans would tell you he's got a ton of those. The man can coach X as a nose on defense. I mean, like nobody's business. So, uh, and then you look at a team that was nine and eight last year with everything back on, on defense, the acquisition on offense, we figure they have the talent to be better than that record wise. Their schedule is a lot more challenging than it was last year. So having said all of that in a very long winded type of way, the expectation is they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spots, whether they can get there is going to depend on things breaking the right way. And that includes Tua Tango Vailoa playing better than he's played his first two seasons, the defense being able to maintain the caliber of play close to what it was the last two seasons, the running game being a lot better as expected than it's been. And staying healthy, uh, which, you know, brought Tua down last year, which we all, all know. Alan, uh, thank you so much. Hopefully we can do this again. Maybe I'll see you Saturday night at the game, but it, this has been a long time coming. I love your stuff. And uh, appreciate your time here today. Right, my pleasure. Anytime, absolutely. Would love to do it again. Alan Pupar of Sports Illustrated's All Dolphins. We'll be right back with a sports update for Edo Japan and a viewer takeover segment. And coming up in hour two, Tori Gurley with even more NFL analysis on this Football Friday. We'll be right back. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube Live, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is a football Friday, and just before we uh, turn it over to the viewers, viewer takeover, a sports update. Round two of the CP Women's Open is underway at the Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club. South Africa's Paula Reto set the pace Thursday by firing a course record 9-under-62. Hamilton's Alina Sharp and Maddie Zurich of London, Ontario, were the low Canadians, tied for 16th at 4-under. Smith Falls, Ontario's Brooke Henderson, the number five player in the world, started today six shots off the pace. Backup Michael O'Connor starts a quarterback tonight for the 8-1 BC Lions as they host the 5-5 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's the second of a Friday night football doubleheader. Also tonight it gets rolling with the 4-5 Toronto Argonauts home to the 3-7 Hamilton Tiger Cats. The longtime rivals meet for the third time in four weeks with the home team having won the prior two. Buffalo Bills punter Matt Areza and two of his former San Diego State teammates have been accused in a civil lawsuit of gang raping a 17-year-old at an off-campus party last fall. The lawsuit says the incident occurred at a Halloween party at a home where Areza had been living. The plaintiff is now 18. No arrests have been made. 
San Diego police have not publicly identified any suspects. And the Toronto Blue Jays open a three-game set with the LA Angels at Rogers Center tonight. The Jays are coming off a three-game sweep in Boston after scoring a 6-5, 10-inning win over the Red Sox Thursday night. Toronto will send Mitch White to the mound tonight against Angels lefty Reed Detmers. The sports update for Edo Japan. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. My goal is to have every time you walk by or drive by an Edo Japan, you hear that in your ears. Get back to me and tell me if it happens. Um, Football Friday. Loving it. I feel like we have a new friend, maybe even a new bestie. Alan Poupar, or as we say in Francais, Alain Poupar. Um, we can talk uh, fins with the best of them, NFL. Mm-mm-mm. Randy from Winnipeg says, uh, Brooke now eight back. Woo. Day has not got off to a great start in Ottawa for one Brooke Henderson. Um, next hour, Tori Gurley with us. And more with Moose. Uh, here we have a few minutes left and some good amount of time. Um, I, I'm, I'm not understanding something. I need your help, viewers, Rod Squad. Where do you think Bo Levi Mitchell's going to go? It's kind of dawning on me here. Our poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center with dealerships all across the prairies. Where is the likeliest landing spot for Bo Levi Mitchell? Even the people close to Bo are telling me that his days in Calgary are done. And if you're Calgary, are you going to keep him as an insurance policy? Maybe. But how do we expect this to go? i got to get into this more with Moose next hour and you, the viewer. But our options are BC, Saskatchewan, the XFL, or other. Where is the likeliest landing spot? Are you people? Are you people saying the landing spot is going to be Calgary? Tell me what you're voting on. Andrew Stout says, you got it, Rod. Merci. LOL. Bienvenue. Andrew. Uh, John, last minute of play. Last minute of play in hour one. John um, in Winnipeg says, Bo goes to the XFL or TSN. So you're saying TSN is a likely landing spot for Bo. That's been the talk that he wants to be on television. Everybody wants to be on television. Like everybody can do it. Well, although Bo did draw rave reviews last year for his Grey Cup uh, analysis. You're saying his career's over. Is that what we're saying now? And I see they're ripping Matt Dunnigan. I want to talk about him too. Hang on, everybody. Through this break, it's a Football Friday, CFL, NFL coming up next hour after this break on Game Plus Television. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.